Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Our Heavenly Father and our God, Lord, we have come again. You are our God, the God of our salvation, the horn of our salvation, Lord. We have come now as we bow before your throne of mercy and grace. The Lord, mighty God, out of the abundance of your love and mercy, you may show us your ways that we may know you. That's all we ask for, Lord. That's why, Lord, we invite you now, Lord, your spirit, mighty God. Come and teach your children the truth. Lead us to that part of the truth which our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came to establish. For he is the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we surrender. We pray that you help our willingness, mighty God, who is in heaven. And glorify your name in this place. Behold your children here and those online. Heavenly Father, let your spirit alone minister unto them. Take all glory and blessed be your holy name in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me say one more time, good evening to welcome everyone. I know that many of our friends in many other places, even India, I think it's morning already over there. So we say also good morning or whatever you are. If it's afternoon, it's good afternoon. But whatever it is, we are in the, this very earth created by God. And that's the marvelous way of God. Some people are waking up and some people are going to sleep. So we give him glory. Amen? Amen. I just want to take one minute before we get to the question. I was reading that question at the same time since the government was reading it. I was just saying, whoa, okay, whatever. God will take all glory this evening. Let me just really, from the depth of my heart and all of us, to thank God for what he did for us this past Friday. We don't know how to describe that. Some of our friends all over, we wish you were here with us. The Lord God glorified his name in a mighty way. He showed us that the same God of the old is still the same God. He doesn't change. He does the same thing he did the old times. Our problem is that we want what the old had, but we don't want to do what they did. If we will diligently follow him, this God will never fail. Where there's a failure, we are the failure. Because he doesn't fail. He remains the same. So we thank God. It was an awesome display of his wonderful nature. His loving kindness. Lord, we thank you. And we thank you for all our friends that attended. We give God glory. And pray the Lord Almighty God will bless you and your family forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. So as we go, it looks like uh, that Friday, the Lord has triggered a lot of interest from the testimonies going on. And it's not only the testimonies, but even 
what we're going to deal with this very evening. A question that actually I think from that Friday, and the Lord will lead us. Amen? So to go, Mark, can you read the question for us, please? Please try to understand the question, and the Lord will deal the four. The teaching at the banquet gala last Friday night was refreshing, life-changing, as it was convicting. We give God glory. Please kindly expatiate on your linking an adulterer to a natural person with five sore evil plagues. Did you understand that? Everybody's looking at me like, okay, okay. Did you understand that? No? Please kindly expatiate on your linking an adulterer to a natural person with five sore evil plagues. That's the question. But let's see. Listen, listen, everybody right now. Last Friday, we thank God for bringing us what? To the table of king of kings. To dine with the king. An invitation from God. Come to me. If you will wash yourself, we read that Friday. If you wash yourself, if you remove the iniquity in your life, then he said, come to round table with me. Let us reason together. And then we say the natural man will always not follow that. But let's pause here. Can anybody give me a simple spiritual definition of a natural man? Maybe that day I was saying natural man, natural man. Oh, yeah, that, I said simple. You complicated it. Go. <laughs> a natural man is one devoid of the spirit of God. Let's put it that way. You see, when God created heaven and earth, he said the earth was what? Without form and void. Until what happened? Until the spirit of God. Man is void. Natural man is void. Is devoid of anything spiritual. Actually, he lives while he's dead. A natural man. Why are you looking at me like when I say he lives while he's, while he's dead? Doesn't the scripture say what? The wages of what? Is what? That's what it is. The man who is in sin is dead while he actually lives. That's the word of God. He may think actually that he lives, but he's, he's, he's dead. So the natural man is devoid of the spirit of God. Because he's devoid of the spirit of God, there is no difference between the natural man and an animal. Oh, you don't know? Believe me, if you remove the spirit of God, the natural man is worse than an animal. The wickedness of the natural man can even blow your head up. Look at what is going on. Yeah, look at what is going on. What, the inhuman treatment, the wickedness of man towards another. Most animals can't do, won't do that. Are you, are you following what I'm talking about? They won't do that. So if we remove the spirit of God, he's void. And that's why the preacher was telling us, let me Ecclesiastes, please. Three. 18 to 20. Ecclesiastes 3, 18 to 20. Yes. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, mm -hmm. 
that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. Kai, are you there or what? Why did you stop? For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them. Mm -hmm. As the one dies, so dies the other. Yea, they have all one breath. So that a man hath no prominence above a beast. For all is vanity. All go unto one place. All are of the dust. And all turn to dust again. God bless you. Man has no prominence above the beast. Because man and beast are literally the same. What separates them is the spirit of God. What is that spirit of God I'm talking about? The spirit of the knowledge of good and evil. This is evil. Then I have understanding that this thing that is evil, I will not do it. That's what differentiates me from an animal. Are, 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 are you following what I'm talking about? There's no difference. Because the natural man, as long as he remains natural, will never fulfill the whole duty that God has put before him. Any life that's lived on this earth that does not fulfill the whole duty. Now, the creator of heaven and earth created, and he said, you know what, behold, this is what I require. If I am a creation of him, and then I don't meet what is required of me, my life, useless. I'm not anything better than what? What animal? That's why the preacher concludes the Rimi Ecclesiastes 12 13, please. Ecclesiastes 12 13. Yes. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Mm -hmm. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Now, this man was writing everything, the whole book, and comes to this point. He said, Let us see, hear the conclusion. Let us even hear, among the, that, that conclusion, among that, okay, is actually the difference between us and wild beasts. Fear God. When we're able to fear God, which we know that Proverbs 8, 13 says, the fear of God is to depart from any and all evil deeds. Not one deed, not nine, but all. If we do, then there's a difference. Because when we do, then actually the image of God is being manifested in us. That image is what makes us what? Above what you can call animals and so on. Are we, are we all together here? Okay. Now, last Friday, I said that the pledge, can anybody remember those pledges? But let me come to it. Before even we get to that, we talk about what? The violence. The violence that takes the family by force. The violence that takes marriage by force. I'm talking about the violence that is without and within. If you look at Friday, it touched there. It didn't just say exactly what I'm saying now, but it touched there. There's a violence, what? Without. God created man and who? Come on. God created man. Remix. Genesis 1.27. Genesis 1.27. Yes. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Mm -hmm. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then he looked and searched, which we're not going to read if you want to read Genesis 2.18. He said, oh no, 
this man I created, it's not good for him to what? Be alone. Be alone. Then he created a woman, not a man, to be with a man. Are we all, are we all here now? Not a man to be with a man. And then when Adam turned around, he said, oh my goodness, this is now my flesh and flesh and blood of body, of, I mean, bone and bone. We are one. And the two shall be what? One. Now, in this world, the violence that is up there right now is that this definition, what God has made, should never stand. Isn't that what is our, the world right now? And the world created by God believes that they can turn God around? It's not possible. Remember we read here when somebody was questioning, said, how did God make me, right? That's what actually somebody said, you know, God, I, I was made that way. Or that's the way I was made. I wonder who, who made them. No, 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 listen to me. It, you know, somebody, there are some scientists who were arguing with me one time. I said, well, that's why you're a scientist. What am I going to say? They said, no, that's evolution. Evolution. They said, yes. I said, yeah, okay, let's assume for the purpose of argument only that that's evolution. What are you telling me? Where did we evolve from? He said, well, from this animal and this. I said, where did the animal evolve from? He said, from a cell. Then who made the cell? He said, that one has got me. I said, that one got you? No, I'm just very serious. They can argue all those things. I was asking him, who made the cell? Cell didn't boom. It's not the way it works. No matter whatever we try to do. You see? So, Man comes and says, God said, see me Leviticus, please, 17, 20. Leviticus 17, 20. Yes. Are we sleeping? Read me 13, sorry. Leviticus 17, 13. You got something. Leviticus 17, 13. Yes. Whatever man of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you mm -hmm. who hunts and catches any animal or bird that may be eaten, he shall pour out its blood and cover it with dust. And cover it with blood. Now, the scripture of the almighty God told us that sexuality or homosexuality is what? Homosexuality is what? Unto God. What is abomination? That which is despicable. That which is what? Distastefully. That which is disgustly, ungodly, and unnatural. That's what is abomination unto God. But people claim and said, you know one thing? I was made the way I am. In other words, what they're saying is God. God made a mistake. Please help me. If I'm a man, I'm saying I was made to be a woman. What am I saying? I'm challenging the maker. Where is, where is the pastor? Is it not Romans 9? Read me Romans 9.20, please. Romans 9.20. Yes. But indeed, O oh man... Who are you to reply against God? Mm -hmm. Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Why have you made me like this? It's like challenging the almighty God. Why have you made me this? But we're going to leave that because this person was talking about adultery. We're going to get to it. Okay? So I hope everybody just hold their seat. 
Why did you make me so? But even if I thought we leave that, that's why that Friday we're talking about when government will legislate abomination and tell us to swallow it. No, there is no government, there is no nation, there is no generation that actually goes contrary to God that will stand. I don't care what anybody says. That's why even in this generation now, God said, you know one thing, I have set that delusive spirit. That spirit that will ruin them. Because as they believe in light, it will surely come to that. Give me Romans, please. 1, 24 to 32. Romans 1, 24 to 32. Yes, ma'am. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness mm -hmm. in the lusts of their hearts. Yes. To dishonor their bodies among themselves. Hi. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Mm -hmm. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Mm -hmm. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, mm -hmm. that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice that. That's the problem. Not only they do the same, they're calling evil good and said, Emeko's Rumba should go ahead and call evil good. That, that will never happen. And the legislating evil say, it's okay. The time has come. Do you know one thing? The time is coming. They, I mean, no, they said, the day will come when actually you are here as a Christian will be against the law. The way things are going. Because I don't understand why anybody will go contrary to God. But let's leave that angle. Let's look at a violence against family that's from within. That's what that person is talking about. Especially the violence of adultery. And he was talking about the five plagues that I mentioned on Friday. And we look at it, what it is right now. It is one thing for violence from outside. It's another for actually violence from within. It is the most dangerous thing is the one that is within. And that is why God is telling us, let me tell you, why are we saying this? God said, you know one thing? Why are you looking at the outside, the body of Christ? Do I call it anymore the body of Christ? Do we even have the body of Christ anymore? How can any church or denomination practice evil against God and say it's the body of Christ? And supporting that. Why do you think the family is almost destroyed these days? 
Why can't our president or anybody go to Middle East or go to the leader of the Muslims? Let me, let me put that word. And tell them to allow homosexual. They will, just, they, they will never dare. But for us, why? Because the moral leader is finished. That's the church. The moral leadership. We have failed completely. We are supposed to be what? The leader of morality. And that is not happening anymore. And that's why God said, before you start crying outside, he said, you better check yourself also and make sure that you judge the one that is where? Within. Within. <laughs> First Corinthians, please, 5, 12. First Corinthians 5, 12. Yes. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Mm -hmm. Do you not judge those who are inside? Do we not judge ourselves? Is it not exactly? Read me Matthew, please, 7, 3 to 5. Matthew 7, 3 to 5. Yes, ma'am. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Mm -hmm. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give. Yeah. That you may see clearly to see the speck in your brother's eye. The destruction of family started where? Within. Within the family. And what is it within the family? Within church. The church. I'm just trying to tell you. The destruction of family started there. Once Immorality rules family. A nation is finished. Because the foundation of any, family, any, any nation is family. How you prepare it there. But this person was asking about the five plagues that we said actually afflicted the natural man. And I think that was tied to also one who commits adultery on, on Friday. But let, let's take a look at it. If you remember those five, who, rem who remembers the five? <laughs> no, no. Who remembers the five? Number one, an adulterer or adulteress always thinks that that is a new pasture. Do you know that? No, come on, people. An adulterer always thinks that is a new pasture. There is something new under the sun. But this, I want to tell everyone. There is no new woman. And there is no new man. Now listen to me. Whether you are, whether the woman or man is black or white or green or purple, whether it's tall or short, fat or thin, whether he looks like an angel coming from heaven, let me tell you one thing. She's a woman. And if a man is a man. So until somebody has that spiritual understanding that there is nothing new under the sun. No matter how you do it, you're not going to be able to change anything. And there is no way you're going to be able to say, I've done something that is new. Isn't that, <laughs> let me create that place one, one to ten. Let's, let's sink. Thank God, whoever asked this question, let's just sink in. Yes? Ecclesiastes 1, 1 to 10. Mm -hmm. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. 
What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, mm -hmm. but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. Mm -hmm. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Yet it's never full. Do you know that an adulterer will never be full? And yet, there is no record of what he's doing in his life. There is no vanity more than adultery. I'm just trying to talk, tell you right now. Well, what am I talking about? Listen, before we get to it. I'm not talking about one second ago. I'm not talking about one year ago or one month ago. But from this day, help me to go, from this day what? Henceforth. Whoever hears, let him hear. That's why I said, today, if you hear, when I'm talking about adultery, I'm also talking about fornication. Because all of them, God will judge. Are, are, are we all talking about? There is nothing that is new. No matter whatever you want to do. Go and find a new person. It's the same human being, whether it's a man or woman. You have wasted your time. It's all vanity. Are, 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 you, are, you, are, you, are you with me? Okay. It's all vanity. Why? Because, you see, an adulterer is always seeking to satisfy the loss that he has of this world. Because why? He's of the world. He's not of God. But John told us, let me first John, please, too, 15 to 17. 1 John 2, 15 to 17. Yes. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Mm -hmm. For anyone, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Yes. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, mm -hmm. and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and yes. the lusts of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. That's the one who abides forever. Whatever we do, trying to get the pleasure of this life, the pleasure what? Of the moment. Immediate gratification. Without God. It's all vanity. That's what he's saying. We're not going to finish reading that first. I mean, Ecclesiastes first. It's all vanity. He said the loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh, and loss of mind. But even after all this, the second plague comes. Can anybody guess the second plague? Huh? Cover what? <laughs> God bless you, Pastor Charles. Even at that, read me Ecclesiastes 6 7, please. Ecclesiastes 6 7. Yes. All the labor of man is for his mouth. <laughs> and yet, the soul is not satisfied. And yet, the soul is not satisfied. You know one thing? The plague against an adulterer, adulterer is that he will never be satisfied. When somebody is not content with what he has, there is no spirit of God in that person. Are, we, are you... Are you are, are, are we together? There is no spirit of God in that person. Because when somebody cannot be content, he has a long throat that cannot be fulfilled, 
until he dies, he will never realize that he will never be satisfied. Whatever he does, he gets it there. Do you know one thing? One who does not, there's no contentment. Then the next thing that's going to hit him is that he forgets one thing. He forgets one. We're going to the third one now. He forgets that no matter whatever he does, read me please, Ecclesiastes 5, 13 to 16. Ecclesiastes 5, 13 to 16. Yes. There is a severe evil. There is a severe evil. Yes. Which I have seen under the sun. Yes. Riches kept for their owner to his hurt. But those riches perish through misfortune. When he begets a son, there is nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return. To go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry in his hand. And this also is a severe evil. Just exactly as he came, so shall he go. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? Just exactly as he came, he what? Nothing will survive him. There will not be any record of that momentum, you know? How many animalistic conquests that I have, that I accomplish? Are you following what I'm talking about? But let's go back to appetite is never full. Appetite is never full, no matter whatever you do to that person, is never satisfied. That's a fool. A fool will say that even if at all you go ahead and torture and grind him. Read me, please. Proverbs 27, 22. Proverbs 27, 22. Yes. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pistle, mm -hmm. along with crushed grain, mm. yet his foolishness will not depart from Adulterer him. Adulterer or adulteress, his foolishness will not depart from him because every time he thinks that's a new one to find. But you see, let me turn it this way to you. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you this. There is even greater hope for a fool than an adulteress or adulterer. Why? Can anybody tell me why? Pastor, why are you looking at me? I just said somebody tell me why. Fool is ignorant. That's not what I'm talking about. Like we know that fool is ignorant. You see, a fool, God bless you, but a fool is ignorant. But you see, an adulterer commits abomination that actually, in the eyes of God, is an abomination. Why? Because an adulteress or an adulterer steals what he has already. You know, it's an abomination. It cannot even be imagined by God. That's why God says it so seriously. This man or woman is so ungrateful. And this sin will be difficult for me to forgive. Because I have given you. You have your own. And you come and steal, steal. Are, you, are we all? That is extreme wickedness. Read me please. Proverbs 6. 26 to 33. Proverbs 6. 23. 6 to 33. And listen carefully and see if you can pick up. There are two things I'm going to ask you. For by means of a halot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread. Hmm. And an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. 
Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy when himself when he is starving. Mm -hmm. Yet, when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. You know one thing? What is he talking about? The sad part of it is that <laughs> one who commits adultery has zero fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. Understand it. Okay, let's look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit and tell me if you can point to one that someone who commits adultery has. Give me Galatians 5, please. 22 to 23. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Yes, ma'am. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Can, can you tell me that one who commits adultery has love? He has extreme hatred towards himself, the spouse, and all those he commits adultery with. He has extreme hatred. He doesn't love. Don't give me that. There's no way an adulterer can love. Because you cannot destroy what you love. Defilement of marriage through adultery is a destruction. Go on, please. Joy. joy. Does he have joy? Believe me, the man almost hardly sleeps. How can you have joy when actually you're looking over your shoulder? Whenever you look over the shoulder when you're doing something, there's something wrong. And if you don't turn away from there, you're a fool. You have no understanding. Go on, yes? Peace. Oh, yeah. Long-suffering. Can he have long-suffering or peace? Go on. Kindness. Does he have any kindness towards anybody? Goodness. Oh. Mm -hmm. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Whoa. <laughs> the doctor is faithful. Gentleness. He's, actually, his first name is unfaithfulness, right? Go on, go on. Let's finish this. Gentleness, mm -hmm. self-control. Yes. Against such, there is no law. Against such, there's no law. That's why if you look at Paul writing this thing, if you look at the same Galatians 5.19, the first works of what? Flesh. Go on, yes? Adultery. Adultery. Fornication. Are you, are you following what I'm talking about here? So, and don't try it like a fool. You grind him, it doesn't work. But his foolishness is worse. Because a fool, there's more hope for a fool. Because this very individual steals what he has already. And that is offensive to God. Now, having read that Proverbs 6, we start from 26. Can you pick two things that I want us to look in right here now? Can you? We have said the one already. One stealing what what? He already has. That's an abomination. The second one, if you look at 26, it said what? For by means of what? A man is what? Can you tell me one who was reduced to crust of bread in the Bible? Hmm? David? No. I agree. There was one that's so classic. I know you're not going to be able to because it's so hidden. 
you know Judah. You know Judah. Listen to me. I'm talking about Judah. I'm talking about a classic one of one by means of a harlot, a man. You know, Judah gave all he had in his hand. There is nothing that an adulterer will not get you to do. Adulterer or adulterer. I'm telling you right now. Read me Genesis 38, 18, please. Genesis 38, 18. Yes. Then he said, what pledge shall I give you? You see, Tam, Tam was saying, no, David, as a matter of fact, Judah was saying, I don't have any money, but I'm willing to sell myself. No, come, come, come. Like he, because he didn't use exactly that word. That's exactly what it is. I don't have money, but you know, I must have this thing. I must. I must right now. Immediate gratification. Therefore, I don't care what actually happens. I will sell whatever my soul. And he quickly sold his soul. He said, what should, I don't have any money, but what shall I give you? Go on. So she said, your signet and cord mm -hmm. and your staff that is in your hand. Even the staff you're holding, that's so precious. Everywhere you go, you go with it. Give it to me. And he did what? He gave it. He gave it. Then he gave them to her. Yes. And went into her. And, yes. What I want to get is that he gave everything. That individual. Now, are you following what I'm talking about? The plague that, that following him right here? When you have one who is never contempt, and then we know about David, yes? But this was a classic one. David, definitely, having that which he has already, stealing it is a big problem. Second Psalm, Samuel, please, 12. Why don't you just go from 1 to 10? 2 Samuel 10, 12, 1 to 10. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and mm -hmm. he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, and the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamp and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, mm. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wife. Yeah, I gave you your hard desire. You married your wife or your husband. I'm talking about those who are transformed into the image of God. I'm not talking about the world. The world will think, what, what is this man talking about? This nonsense. I am now working with God. And I'm still fulfilling those things of the flesh. I'm deceiving myself. An adulterer will always deceive himself until he dies. If it doesn't change. Go on, please. 
and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little. That is really will make you cry. David, if that were even too small, why didn't you ask me? Maybe I would have given you more things. Go on. I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Mm. You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Because you have despised me. No wonder the writer of the Hebrew said, adultery, God will judge. In fact, if we just forget about that and look at the proverb, I don't know if you listen to that proverb says all the way, it said, the reproach shall never what? We shall never be wiped away. It's amazing. The reproach of adultery shall never be wiped away. Especially if the person continues after hearing this message, whether online or here. I thank God for whoever came on Friday that brought this. The reproach shall never be removed. And he said, you know one thing? This I will judge. My vengeance will be so serious. Give me Hebrews, please, 13, 4. Hebrews 13, 4. Yes. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. Mm. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. God will judge. Now, there are people who are not married. And the, let me ask you this thing. Who commits adultery? Those who are married. What of one who is not married and goes with a married person? Sin? Eh? Same. God bless you. In fact, that's more abomination than anything else because in number one, this person is married. Are you following me? And your intention is nothing but to destroy that marriage. Are we all together here? Okay, I have given what? Three what? Three plagues. The fourth? Huh? No, no. <laughs> oh, if you want to help me, my sister, that's fine. I'll be with you. The, the, the fourth one is that no matter whatever you do, the adulterer will never come to terms of what is good for him and his family. If he knows, he will not be doing what he's doing. Let me Ecclesiastes 6.12, please. Ecclesiastes 6.12. Yes. For who knows what is good for man in life all the days of his vain life, mm -hmm. which he passes like a shadow? Who can tell a man what will happen after him under the sun? Do you know that an adulterer is like a, <laughs> an alcoholic? A drunkard is always ch cherishing and relishing the next hour for happy hour. No, come on, come on. Always relishing. When is he going to be so I can go and get drunk again and so on? And he's never. And if you look at the scripture, he puts an adulterer with a drunkard. Always. I don't know why. 
It's amazing, though. He puts them almost together. A halot and that one. But because of time, we're going we're gonna to cut. If you, if, you go, if you just take a look at <laughs> Proverbs 23, please. Can you read 26 to 28? Proverbs 23, 26 to 28. Yes. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. For a harlot is a deep pit and a seductress is a narrow well. She also lies in wait as for a victim mm. and increases the unfaithful among men. Increases the unfaithful among men. But read 29. I'll tell you where to stop. Who has woe? Who <laughs> has sorrow? Have you imagined why this harlot and adultery it followed up with who has woe? Alcohol. Almost the same thing. Because the same thing. If I commit adultery, believe me, it's almost like I'm, I'm dreaming for the next one to go. Do you know that? Yeah. Go on, yes? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Mm -hmm. Those who linger long at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls who, around who, what, what is this wine that sparkles and red? God bless you, Sister Joanne. I mean, tie this in up. That's what... the. That's a mystery. God is trying to tie things up and show you. Do not. Yes, go on. Is, we haven't finished. When it swirls around smoothly, uh -huh. at the last, it bites like a serpent. It bites like, it, I'm telling you. Yes. And stings like a viper. Mm -hmm. Your eyes will see strange things. Oh, my goodness me. You know, you know, you know an adult where the eyes always see strange things. That's a, yes, go on, yes? And your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea. Or like one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have bitten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? We don't have time. When, when you have time, you can just go ahead. I'll give you the scripture where he said, you know one thing, until that dot strikes the liver. I love that. And then you say, it's finished. But you see, a drunkard, there's more hope for him than an adulterer. Why? A drunkard destroys himself. An adulterer destroys himself, his spouse, that the individual that's involved with, are you following what I'm talking about? And the individuals are individuals, it goes on, the chain of it goes all over. I don't know if there's anyone who commits more murder than an adulterer. Are, you, are, you, are we all together? Because of time, let's move on. Because this person asks, only God, God, we give God glory. The fifth one. Read me Ecclesiastes 9, 12, please. Ecclesiastes 9.12. Yes. For man also does not know his time. Mm -hmm. Like fish taken in a cruel net. Like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time. Mm. When it falls suddenly upon them. 
Do you know that an adultery will never know the time? Believe me, do you know one thing? He goes on or she goes on, or adulteress, goes on and goes on and goes on. And always thinks that he's smart. He's getting away. But he does not know that God is giving him time watching him. And actually, until that day, mark what I'm telling you, when his nakedness will be exposed to all. It will happen. No matter whatever. He's getting away with it. Because with God, there is nothing hidden. Until one has the spirit of God operating in him or her. That actually you fear God. And not a human being like your wife or your husband. I give this example all the time. Until we start doing all things unto him. We have no transformation. As there's nothing in our, in our heart. The Spirit of God is not there. When the Spirit of God is there, all you do, you do it unto him. It does not make a difference where it is. I give example when we travel. I said, you know, I'm in Nigeria, I'm in Kenya, or whatever it is. You guys see me? They said, yes. Far away from my wife. But when my wife is around me, it's, oh, sweetheart, sweetheart, to make her happy, then I move away. Now, why am I saying even all to Kenya and Nigeria and India? I go next uh, street. All of a sudden, a new tiger has risen. I'm looking at it. It's my wife. Until we get away from that and have understanding that my wife is insignificant when God comes. I love her. I will do everything. But in terms of consequences, she's insignificant. She cannot give me. That's why he said in Matthew 10, 28, do not fear those who destroy only this. People who will talk to me. But fear the one that after warning you for many times. Because that doctor will not hear. Give me Proverbs 29.1 please. Proverbs 29.1. Yes. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck. Will suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. And that without remedy. Now let's, let's go back to our two examples. You know, in Jeremiah 23, 24 tells you, so, so, can you, we say, oh yeah, we have five minutes. Jeremiah 29, 23, 24. Jeremiah 23, 24. Yes. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him? That's says one, the Lord. You know, that's one thing I don't trust, does not know. Where can you hide that this God, the almighty God will not see you? If you love him, and if you want to follow him, he's the one to fear. If I'm the one to fear, I'm fearing him, not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of God saying, oh, God will punish me. No, no, that's not fear. If I love my father or my mother, I want to do what they ask me to do because I love them. And giving God, that's why we call reverential fear. That I, f I fear this God in appreciation of what he has done in my life. That's where I stand right now, my brothers and sisters. The fear... I fear God is because this God has done, I don't even believe, I was a man who was dead and gone and raised by him. What I mean by raised by him? From sin. And then you open my eyes and then call me to come to him. Because he told us, unto those who come to me, I had predestined them before the time. I, the Lord, appointed them to salvation. I called them. 
to come to me. Because no money comes to me. It's not draw him. That's what we called last time. We said it was what? Super. Super what? Amazing grace. That's super amazing grace that God will do that unto somebody. But after doing that, it's up to you. If you want to move. If you don't want to move, you will stay. So whatever it is, if I recall what this God has done for me and offering his only begotten son, then I should depart from that thing which he said I should not do. Just out of respect and love for him. Are we all together? What, did I tell you to read anything? No. So you are lucky. Let's go and then. Well, read, read me Mark <laughs> 422. Mark 422. Yes. For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, mm -hmm. nor has anything been kept secret, but it shall come to light. It shall come to light. And it happened to two of our examples. Do you know that? Let's go back to Judah. Judah thought everything was hunky-dory. You know, everything went very well. Until the, time, until the time came to redeem the plague. And he got there. The woman was no more. And Judah said, oh. You know what Judah said? Yeah, don't shake her hand. Read me, read me Genesis 28, 23. Genesis 38, no, 28. 30, no, 38, 28, 20, yeah. 23, 30, yes. 38, 23. Yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. Then Judas said, let her take them for herself. Let you see, do you understand that? Go yes. on. Lest we be shamed. Judas didn't know that he was already shamed. That is the problem with our daughter. He said, he said let her go. Please, let, we better escape here. So that we don't be put to shame. Why? Because we don't want the light to see what we have done. But they don't know the one who sees in secret has already seen it. It also happened the same thing to David. David probably finished. After that, he crossed his leg and said, I'm the king. Everything is covered. Right? right. Until God sent his Nathan. Suddenly Nathan appeared. Almost like what Isaiah did. Isaiah did the same thing with the who? King... Uh, Ahab, Ahab. Yes, he got to him. Ahab said, have you come to me and found me, my enemy? He said, no, I didn't come to find you. Your sin has found you. You see, whatever we do, our sin will find us. That's what I'm trying to do. Are you, are you, are you all with me here? Okay, so try to hide it does not do any good. Now there's another form of worse kind of adultery, which is a more abomination than even all the ones I've described. Can anybody guess what it is? You see, adultery, undercover, or color of authority, of priesthood, pastorhood, whatever it is that somebody is placed in authority and he uses that authority to manipulate and take advantage of a vulnerable person. God. It's difficult for him to do. That's why sometimes I shake my head in some of the countries, even in Nigeria, I'm not afraid to do it. Because you cannot even be like a woman and go and get a job or get admission into university and go to school yes, without being abused. You think God will not punish such a place. It is not possible because nothing. Because when you take advantage of an individual who is in need and seeking God, then obviously God takes it that you have abused his sacrifice. And that's a challenge unto him. I know we happen to what? The family of Eli. If you look at, we're not going to read it, 1 Samuel, 
The children, the sons, were abusing the women that came. Let's say for instance right now, if anyone comes to me now, who's a lady, most likely, or even a man, he's coming to me because he thinks he has something that God has put, what? That individual is vulnerable. He's coming for something. If I manipulate and take advantage of that person, either I take the money away from him or I violate his body. That is almost unforgivable. That's why God said to the family of Eli, he said, what, there is not even any sacrifice that can atone this one. Because my sacrifice has been what? Taken. Why? A broken heart, according to Psalm 51, 17. A broken heart, a contrast. That's my sacrifice. Nobody should touch this sacrifice. You know, imagine when somebody is in pain and crying and needing help. And the next thing we do is that we say, okay, you know one thing? This is a wonderful opportunity to take advantage of that. And that has happened in many churches, in many houses of God. And if that happens to me, curse be unto me. Because you know one thing, I'm not serving God if that be the case. Especially when you have all this. Let me put it this way. That's something which the Lord told me this afternoon. And I think it is true. Whenever that happens, no matter how old that person is, is rape. Whenever you take advantage of one who is vulnerable, you have raped the individual. Because that individual came to you was helpless. Are you following me? But instead of compassion and pity, then I take advantage and do that. That God said, I will find it difficult to forgive because you are laughing at my own child. Now, having said all this and having answered this right now, I pray to the Lord that the Lord Almighty will continue to minister unto us. Again, let me just make sure this is properly understood. I don't want anybody hearing this right now feel, oh no, this man is condemning me. Or he's sitting down there trying to tell us that he's good or a better person. The day I even imagine in my heart that I'm good, that's the end of it. That day, that's the end of it. But what I'm saying is this. That which we do wrong, that brings a curse onto our family. That which defiles the marriage and breaks the foundation. Because if we call ourselves a children of God, a child of God is supposed to be as God is. The spirit of God must be in that person. And if the spirit of God is in you, then you must also walk what? You walk what? As he is. Read me Galatians 5.16, please. Galatians 5.16. Yes. I say then, walk in the spirit, mm -hmm. and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But go ahead and read me Galatians 5.20. Can I read from 24? Galatians 5 from 24. And those who are Christ's, mm -hmm. Have crucified the flesh. That's what I'm talking here. As long as the flesh is not mortified, the individual cannot serve God or be a child of God. That's what I'm saying. A child of God is one born of God, a spirit of God. 
John 3, 5 and 6 says, those who are born of God are spirits of God. Spirits of God must be holy and righteous. And if the spirit of God is in you, you must also walk in the spirit. Go on, please finish it. With its passions and desires. Yes. If we live in the spirit, yes. let us also walk in the spirit. It's when we live in the spirit and walk in the spirit, that then when we are led by what? And Romans 8, 14 says, as many as what? Led by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God will never lead you unless the Spirit of God is in you. They are those are the ones who are the children of God. But if you look at Romans 8, 9, he said, but if this Spirit of God is not in you, you are none of his. That is all we are presenting here. It's not condemnation. But it's just saying, children of God who want to enter his rest, if you want to enter his rest, and if you want to have peace on this earth, your family, if you want to build your family to present them what? Make, sorry, make them presentable unto God. It starts with what he told us in Romans 12, 1, right? Present your body a living sacrifice unto God. If you do that, you will see marvelous work in your family and your wife. If you do that, but all over now, is that's not the way it is. Heavenly Father, we give you glory. I thank you, Lord, mighty God, who is in heaven for initiating the question. And I thank you for your spirit who has come to teach us. Your spirit, my God. Your spirit. All of us. Lord, I say, I don't know anything. And I say, without you, I can do nothing. But I plead unto you, as I plead unto you for my own, for your, for your children, my brethren, Lord. Lord, please, Lord, please, help us to be that which you want us to be. Help us, Lord, mighty God, who is in heaven, to stop grieving your spirit. Help us, Lord, to stop destroying families and our families. Help us, Lord mighty God, to have full self-control of ourselves. That my God, Father who is in heaven, the things of this flesh may be crucified in our life. Thank you, Lord, for this very evening. We give you glory for the continuation from that last Friday to now. You are God all alone. Receive all the glory forevermore in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.